Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammonds here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to In That Number, episode 121. Kevin, what title are we going with today? We're going with Enter Teller. Yes, very good indeed. Um, Today, we will be mostly talking about uh, Crystal Palace and Fulham. Tim will join us later to discuss our remaining two fixtures against Leeds on Tuesday night. That's a 6pm kickoff at St Mary's. And to the London Stadium against West Ham on Sunday. That's a 4 p.m. kickoff. Uh, with me, as always, is my partner in crime, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. All right, Kevin, you big dickhead. <laughs> right, you spanner. <laughs> is that you, the best you've got? You plonker, you <laughs> dipstick. <laughs> um, how are you this week? Busy? I'm fine. Yeah, I've had a great week. Yeah, I mean, not hugely busy, but um, I've just been enjoying myself. 
Just, um, just too busy not to talk to me, that's all. Ah, well, no. Um, I mean, there's a lot of football uh, to be uh, taken in. Um, we've won both matches in yes. the same week. Yes, a good week. A rarity. Two games, two wins, two free one wins, actually. And lots of happy narratives, too, like Ings back amongst the goals. Oberfemi getting some minutes. Teller getting his first goal. Oh, and of course, we've inched up the table and... I think we're currently 13th, aren't we, on 43 points, although I don't really know what Palace are doing. But, yeah, what were we, what were we worried about? Uh, nothing, nothing. I think what we were worried maybe that it would just uh, descend into a, a massive slide that would uh, end the season and continue into next season and the next season until we're in deep two. Yeah, but it's, fear, it? yeah, but it's it's been good. It's been good. And um, overall, you could say the season is, is probably a failure, isn't it? But... At least we're starting to play some decent football to, to end the season, and hopefully we can uh, pick it up for the last home game of the season on Tuesday. So yeah, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm on holiday now, so I've got a week off. So. All right. Are you interested? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, no. no. I, <laughs> oh, well, I'll be going to the pub a couple of times. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna oh. run some errands. You know, there's there's a couple of things that I need to get around to doing, and. I think we're going to be decorating our living room pretty soon, so we need to go and get, get some stuff for that. And yeah, we're just, up to our tips and plans for I bet you doing are. the plan. Yeah. It's just nice to not having to go to bed early, you know, because I, obviously I start at midnight. So it'd be nice to just relax and have a lie-in. Lie watch some football without having to worry about getting up and, you know, just enjoy it now that we're, we're safe and stuff. It's yeah, I'm, I'm determined to enjoy my week off anyway, even though I'm not up to much. But I will be going to the park. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakfast with the kids as well. Exactly. Lovely. And, you know, catching up with some friends. So, And Simon. I'll be catching up with Simon in the week, so it'll be nice to see him. Yes, Simon. Our mutual yeah. friend. Yes. Um, anyway, enough about me. Uh, ITN news, Kevin? Yes, let's go. This is ITN in that number news. Uh, Kevin, the biggest bit of news to come out this last Thursday is that of Ryan Bertrand. Yeah, indeed. Um, this Thursday just gone, uh, Ryan Bertrand uh, released a statement on all of his social media, which, uh, if you'll allow me, I'd like to read them for. Please, yeah. Uh, but I think it deserves a little bit of bait over. To Southampton FC fans, the Saints. After many months of hard decision-making, I've decided to leave Southampton Football Club. This has only been decided in the last 48 hours, and comments that I had not accepted an offer previously are not true. I want to thank all the fans for welcoming me, welcoming me to this football club and supporting me endlessly. All the support staff behind the scenes, I thank you. Also, special thanks to the Liebherr family. It's a shame that I cannot experience a full crowd at St Mary's one more time. As this year has shown us, football is nothing without the fans. Arriving at Southampton seven years ago, I soon realised what a family-orientated club this is, a true people's club. I bought into the Southampton Way, a connected football club built on solid foundations and ambition with an attractive, attacking style of football. During my time here, there have been many battles and there have been many amazing moments along the way too. From finishing in the club's highest position within the Premier League, to playing in two FA Cup semi-finals, to a Carabao Cup semi-final, to me being voted to the Premier League team of the season. This has been a difficult decision for me, but the time has come for me to seek a new challenge and find a new home that allows me the freedom to play 
and maximise my contribution to the team. The club is in great hands now with CEO Martin Simmons and Matt Crocker. I'd like to thank them both for their efforts. Southampton Football Club will always have a special place in my heart and I hope the saying, once a saint, always a saint, still stands because I look forward to returning to this club one day, either behind the scenes or as a fan. Thanks again. Keep marching on. Ryan Bertrand. There you go. How sad. Yeah. But not one mention of Ravas Nuke in the whole thing is quite telling. No, I didn't realise that. I mean, I didn't notice that until you mentioned it. Oh dear, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a couple, if you read between the lines, right? Uh, there's a couple of <laughs> kind of slight digs there. Um, about, yeah, special thanks to the Lee Pair family, you know, all the fans, everybody pretty much thanks. It's like an Oscars fucking speech, but no, not a word about Ralph. Um, and uh, the, you know, he bought into the Southampton Way, a connected football club built on foundations, ambition, attack, attractive, attacking style of football. Um, that, yeah, not, not that that's the Ralph way of playing, but that's the club's way of playing. Mm. And um, yeah, I think this is more, more quite interesting. Um, time's come for me to seek a new challenge and to find a new home that allows me the freedom to play and yeah. maximise my contribution to the team. So obviously, um, I think maybe uh, Ralph's made it clear to him that um, if he was to sign a new contract, that he probably wouldn't be the first choice left back. Mm, yeah, that, that's that's true. That's um that's hard to believe, isn't it? To be honest, because I mean, it, it, I think it's going to be a huge loss, and I'm going to miss him because he, he's always been yeah. one of the first names on the team sheet for me. Not that I'm picking him, but you know what I mean. Um, and it's gonna it's it's gonna be hard to imagine a back four without him being in it. I think. Um, I mean, it's hard to field a back four without him yeah, at exactly. the moment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's that important. Um, I mean, it gives us a conundrum that we haven't really had this season or the past, you know, four or five seasons. Just better but, bloody replace him. Yes, I think. Um, I mean, of course, it's sad. You know, I think Ryan's a, um, a great player and. You know, this, I think this is the the peak, and from him, the next few seasons, I mean, he wouldn't be able to offer what he's been offering us before. But it makes the Shane Long's contract extension a little bit more confusing because, you know, it's a bit of loyalty that they're rewarding, pretty much sending him out straight on loan. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan Bertrand's maybe a bit more high profile, but I think if we're taking a positive from this, it's that whoever's going to come in to replace him, they're going to see that they will be first choice, that they won't be an understudy to someone mm. like Ryan Bertrand. So That's hopefully true. we can land a better player because of that. That's true. But yeah, yeah, best of luck to wherever he ends up. Definitely. Unless it's yeah. Liverpool, then he can fuck off. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, clubs vying for that signature. But yeah, just a lot of memories from him as well. Like that throw-in at Bournemouth. <laughs> Every time I watch that, it still makes me smile. That was... um. Yeah, amazing. But yeah, okay, yeah. we're going to miss him. I think um, we're going to have to have a... I mean, Prowse's school of shithousery is quite quite successful, isn't that? So I'm, maybe he's the way forward. Yes. Um, right, more news. Uh, Theo Walcott, Kev, there's a new, new deal on the table, um, apparently. Apparently so. Um, his current four-year deal with Everton runs its course in June, um, and Ancelotti isn't really interested in extending. Ralph has been impressed with him, so... 
looks like it's going to happen. What do you make of that, Kev? Yeah, I'm kind of pleased. I'd rather have Bertrand. Um, Bertrand's definitely a more useful player um, because he fills a very big hole that's going to be left uh, without him. But uh, Walcott, he's going to be you know, part of the competition for, for those those positions. We've got a lot of players there. Although Minamino is going to be gone, so... Yeah, I mean, that's a joke, really. I don't think that one's worked out at all. But yeah, well, Walker, I think, yeah, he's a, he's a good player to have. I know he's, get, he's got his critics, but um, I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, OK. Saturday, the game against Fulham, was the last game without fans. Good news. Uh, Tuesday's Leeds game, we, of course, have the fans back. Just under 8,000. That's 25% capacity. Uh, it's, it's, it's so good. It's going to be an epic, epic game for the fans and the sound's going to be great. Um, I can't wait to hear it, to be honest. The game I attended back in December only had 2000 and it sounded incredible then. So I, I'm gutted that I didn't, you know, I didn't apply to go now because uh, yeah. I'm, off, I'm off this week now, aren't I? So I could have gone. But, you know, oh, you could have. Yeah. But hey, all those people, they got, you know, um, a year's worth of um, chanting and singing and the shouting uh, pent up that, uh, I can't wait to hear. Get rid yeah. of that crowd noise, bollocks. Um, Kev, do you have any more news at all before we hit that Palace game? A couple. Um, the women's team did play in the week. Uh, it was only friendly, uh, but they lost 2-1 to Leicester City. Um, they're playing <laughs> now. Not Leicester again. <laughs> uh, yes. At least it was only uh, two goals this time. Yeah, and it wasn't on Friday night, so yeah. It's only friendly. It's fine. They're playing Birmingham... Right now, as far as I know. Yes, they are, yeah. In the FA Cup. No, women's FA Cup, yes. Indeed. Um, we should also mention uh, that Stephen Davis won the league for Rangers yesterday. An unbeaten season. So, yeah, he gets his hand on another league trophy. So, well done, Stephen Davis. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what's amazing how many seasons that he's got left in him after he's left us. Very, very yeah. important and key in that team he was. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's the new three-year TV deal, I think, that they're rolling over the previous one. What, for the Super League, yeah? <laughs> yes, the English Super League, yeah. Uh, so they've renamed it. Uh, yeah, Sky, BT Sports, Amazon, BBC. I don't know if that's just the BBC for um, Match the Day highlights. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think that they'll be showing live games like they have been doing this season. But, yeah, apparently means £100 million more Ash for football teams. Because they need all that. Beep. Okay, right. Shall we head into Crystal Palace? Let's go. I mean the game, obviously, not the place. Yeah. No, thanks. It's a place. <laughs> Dean Hammond's here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. Okay, then. Crystal Palace from Tuesday the 11th of May. Uh, a 3-1 win, Kevin. A brace from Danny Ings and Shea Adams with the second after a Christian Benteke opener very early on. Uh, two changes then. Uh, Ings returned after that that injury. That looked He looked to be set to be out for a while, didn't he? Um, so it was good to see him back. Uh, Minamino, of course, he couldn't play against Liverpool. So they were the only two changes. But, but Kev, I mean, this game had it all, didn't it? Like an early deficit. There was panic. Ings at the double on his return. A penalty save. Big phrase there, brilliant. Um, and Shay finishing it off. It was, yeah, just a very, very dramatic game. Yeah, definitely. Um, roller coaster, definitely. Yeah, that goal early on, I confused the, I got confused about the kickoff times. I thought it was 15 minutes 
uh, later than it actually was. Um, I had just got in from work, you know, uh, just tuned in. And <laughs> a couple of minutes in, we already uh, were going down. I'm going to go back out to work. Uh, well, it was the end of the day there. <laughs> I think I'll get, I'll go get a pint and um, yeah. settle in for the worst. Uh, it's another goal conceded from a set piece. It's really poor as well, but it poor defending. It just. I mean, uh, fair play to Penteke because I mean I've pretty much written them off about I got that. How long ago was it? I mean, it seems that I was still a student. I mean, it's ridiculous how long he's been about and he was like the best thing since sliced bread wasn't he he was uh, scoring left right and well centre. he got that big deal to at liverpool didn't he so yeah wherever he's gone you know can't score for shit uh but this season he seems to have picked it up but yeah that, that free kick in um dan gets the header and i mean there were three chances to avert the goal um Ben Teke scores with the well, not the second ball that we're supposed to be winning, yeah, but he scores with the with the fifth or the sixth ball. Yeah. Um, he, he has the time and space to take a few touches, um, get his shoulder onto it, um, wrestle off everyone, Jack Stevens, and I mean, it's a decent goal, fair play to him, but it was totally avoidable. Finally, doing what he's getting paid for after all these years, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's um. Yeah, very, very avoidable. Bad defending. It just unbelievable tackles. Yes, um, but since the goal went in, we turned it around completely and dominated. I thought, and then you know the nineteenth minute we got the equaliser. Talk about deadly with no space and not much time. You know, swivelled, put it in the only place he could really, and he he's great. Any he Danny in those situations, always he's back him. A machine. Oh, is it? Um... I'm going to give Bednarek credit where it's due. Great diagonal ball out there. Yes, of course, yeah. I find it's probably about the only good thing I can say about him for that match. Um, but, yeah, the way that Ings gets the ball turns and and just strikes so instinctively. I don't think he even looked at where the goal was when he was taking it. Um, Giata doesn't expect him to shoot from there. I mean, I don't know what the XG is. It must be, you know... Um, a millionth of a percent. Yeah, that's what but, I mean, but he's so deadly, so good with his feet, he's so quick, and he's just... Just well, he's, chances where they're not even there. It's a striker's brain, isn't it? He just, yeah, brilliant. But but then, you know, as I said, we played well from going 1-0 down. Um, we got, got ourselves back into the game, had the better of the play, and then, you know, right before the break, Redmond comes running in and, and knocks Zaha. Now, he was always going to get that, wasn't he? Because... Zaha planted his foot, knowing that Redmond was coming. Yes. It was soft, but you're always going to get those. And see, we, we talk about Danny having that um, that striker's instinct, you know, that um, Zaha's got the diver's instinct. You can just <laughs> sense him uh, coming from behind. You see uh, Redmond careering in. He's late to the party. Um, he's behind him. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to get the ball from behind him. Zaha knows that. Puts his leg just in the right place for um, Redmond to catch him. And falls down like a sack of shit. Yep, always going to get that. It is so cynical, you know. Uh, if you can't score, dive. Mm, it works. But it didn't work, did it? Because big phrase to the rescue. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, again, so Milivojevic, um, who always seems to be the penalty taker, um, didn't realise until they put the graphic up that he always likes to stick it into the right. Um, Forster clearly, having done his homework, moves the right way. 
gets a big hand to it. Lovely. Yeah, but then VAR checks for a possible I was Forster shit, encroachment because I, I was as well. Yeah, I was convinced. I was like, oh shit, he's going to have to take another one. Um, thought, how, how much do they consider? Because he's a big guy. He's, he's tall. You put your toe yes. on the line, you can move to the penalty spot almost when you're Forster. Yeah, we need like a mutant with like four feet so he can keep two of them on the line, two off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nothing doing. Um, it wasn't. It was a nervous moment. But yeah. That that for me could have, well it was it was the turning point because you go behind there just before half time and we lose this game, but so that that was crucial from Fraser Forst. Yeah, apparently he's saved three of his last five penalties. That's um, amazing stuff. I didn't know that, Kev. Adams after the break uh, slots one in from a well it was a well worked corner routine, wasn't it? And caught him off guard. Caught them yeah. with the pants down, as we like to say. <laughs> yes, as Neil Shipley likes to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Leave him alone, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> As if he's going to be here at the end of this. Um, he might, yeah, he might be seeing the end of it, but he's not doing <laughs> it. Um, yeah, no, it was a good short corner. Um, I'm not a fan of short corners, but this one was smart. Um, I'm only um, a fan when it works. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Armstrong has a has a bit of a crack. Um, he doesn't really get a shot on goal. Gets blocked, and um, Adams scrambled to the ball. I mean, what's the angle there? Again, it's like a millionth of a degree or something with the outside of his foot. I'm not even entirely sure how it went in. The sub Stevens was sliding in there as well with the same idea. But it's Adams that just gets the foot to it. Really, yeah, again. Corn, another well-taken one. But yeah, a nice through ball from Shea. Goal and assist for him. But yeah, that, that, that sealed it. And that was... Yeah, it's a beautiful partnership. Adams and Ings. It's just Seems a, it's, to be, yeah match made in heaven when they're both scoring and confident enough I mean the pressure's yeah. off then yeah it's it's uh it's deadly for anyone really when you think of it unstoppable well yes hopefully uh overall though Kev I think you know it was it was wow it was very satisfying wasn't it especially you know because coming from behind <laughs> amazing how much more controlled and you know how easy we can make the game look um once the pressure is off but it was a well-deserved victory and in some ways, I don't know, these ones are more satisfying as well because they're rivals in terms of position in the table. When it's a top team, I say, like Liverpool, you, you expect to be beat. But, you know, this one was, it was going to be tough. And it, always seems to be, it always seems to mean more. And we played so well in that second half. Lots of great stories to come out of it. Crucially important, you know, to finish the season strong, as we've mentioned before. And we started that on Tuesday night. It was, it was enjoyable. And it was also good to see Prousey firing up the Palace fans once again. Oh, yes. Makes it even more satisfying, I suppose. And he just smiles at them, doesn't he? He just lets them get on with yeah, it. Yeah, that, 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 that smarmy little Yeah, grin. yeah had like that, that little exchange with his best mate, Wilf, again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the sexual tension. You could cut it with a knife. Have you seen all the, the fans' comments on him? Um, who's fans? Our fans? or No, Palace pa- fans? the Palace fans. I mean, they talk a lot of shit, but what... what have, what have they been saying? Okay, so we've got like, could someone just do Ward Prowse, please? Take the red card, but ruin his England chances. I'd love to punch Ward Prowse, little rat prick. Uh, I literally don't wish harm on players, but if someone broke both of Ward Prowse's legs, I wouldn't shed a tear. Ward Prowse, Ward Prowse is a little prick, small dick energy. <laughs> this is a good one. Fuck you, Ward Prowse. Yeah, nice one, mate. <laughs> nice one. Um, I wish someone would put put one on that little rat prick Ward Prowse. Yeah, so a lot, lot of rat comments, a lot of little pricks. Um, but yeah, and a lot of um, a lot of maiming. But 
We got the last laugh. Yeah, brilliant. Well, they deserve everything that they got then. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. More the, more the angrier the Palace fans are, the happier I am. Yeah, we just smile at them and just do what he does. But it's great. Yeah, I love it. Kev, Bednarik came off. Um, he hasn't been performing well lately, has he? And he needs that little break, you feel? He's about to get a big break now. Although he's playing in the squad still. So, yeah. Uh, Salisu so came on for him. What did you make of his efforts? I thought I think it was great. Um, I thought in the first half, I thought Bednarik was a bit of a liability, as he seems to have been recently. Um, yeah, a few lapses. And that yellow card at the end of the first half, I think compounded by potential injury. I mean, I don't know if it was the injury that twisted Ralph's hand in it or you know, it's a combination yeah. of those factors, but it worked out beautifully. And um, yeah, Salisu, I mean, he does, he does have a mistake in him because he's a bit raw, you know, he's still getting used to the Premier League, but um, I, I thought it was brilliant. And I think there's a reason, I mean, there's a lot of, I've seen a lot of moaning, you know, why aren't we seeing more Salisu, but now it's not up to it and so on. Um, interestingly, because, uh, I mean, Salisu is Muslim and uh, during Ramadan, he's been fasting as of um, Ibrahim Diallo and uh, Musa Gineppo as well. So that's why we've been seeing less of them in the last month or so. Um, but yeah, I didn't, didn't realise that. So I mean, but yeah, both on the second half, I mean, it was... It was uh, uh, yeah, he was able to eat and drink. It was, so yeah, so he was if and whatever. Mm. But yeah, I, did, I didn't really think about that until recently. But um, yeah, Eid Mubarak mm. to all of our Muslim listeners. Yes, indeed. Um, to be honest, hand on heart, I am comfortable with um, next. This is next season, okay? We're starting to plan for it already. Bednarik and Vestergaard are still my number one pairing, but it's good to know that we have a ready-made replacement if one of them isn't able to go and you know next season is going to be massive for Salisu as well because you know he's, he's getting his feet wet in the Premier League now but yeah it's it's more comfortable isn't it with him playing as you said he's got a mistake in him and but at the moment I'm quite happy for Salisu to take the reins off of um, Bednarik because he's not been playing well yeah and you know there's nothing really at stake here apart from pride so I think it's a chance to, to test out that as a partnership for the future Absolutely, yeah. Couldn't, be, couldn't agree more. Um, Kev, man of the match for you. OK, I mean, before I do get to my man of the match, I have to give props to um, Jack fucking Stevens. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, OK, that mistake. <laughs> we know he's got his in him, but um, uh, that aside, uh, I think I think he had um, a good game. Uh, also wound up uh, Zahar to get him booked. <laughs> I think he should get bonus points for that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Redmond, before he took out... Um, took out before he slightly scraped the Zahar's leg. Um, he had had a, a, a couple of um, chances and I thought he was looking, looking good. I think uh, hopefully he can end the season well and start next season well. But I mean, it's really got to be between the strike partners of Bings and Adams and just to see him firing and at his usual best, just, you know, back from injury. And scores two goals. So, yeah, it's got to be King Danny for me. OK, well, I, I thought Prowse and Armstrong were on point. I thought they were controlling. And mm. I, I don't know about you, Kev, but I really like Stu in that role. Because, yeah. well, well, he always gives his best wherever he plays, doesn't he? But I think both of those players were in contention. And, and Forster made that um, penalty save, which is probably the reason why we won the game or picked up points in this game, I, 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 that's what I think anyway. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think you have to go with Danny, don't you? Just returning after the injury, lots of talk on his contract throughout the season, seemingly to be out of Southgate's plans, but back in the best possible way, scoring twice. And he's looking happy, Kev. Yeah. It's, it's his body language that, you know, he, he looks up for the fight. You know, his his first was incredible, really, given the space and time, or rather the lack of. And when he's on form, we seem to win. And I know how important Prousey is to the team, but sorry to him. If Danny Ings is fit and scoring goals, Danny's the most important person in this team, and he's the reason why we win games. I know it's a boring choice, but that's my choice. Yeah. Okay, uh, Fulham then, Kevin. Saturday, 15th, uh, 3-1. Shea Adams, Theo Walker, and Nathan Teller with his first goal. Um, Fabio Carvalho on his debut as well for them. That was a good finish, has to be said. Um <laughs> Back-to-back wins, Kevin, for the first time since December. <laughs> That's hard to believe, isn't it? Uh, more relief now, I think. But Because when we were previewing these two games, I said I'd take four points on this, but we've got six. So absolutely delighted. Two changes once again. McCarthy back in. Uh, Salisu in for Bednarik, of course. Ke- I want to talk to you about, Kev. Lots of pundits are, are talking of Ralph's keeper rotation and saying that it's not sustainable he needs to make a decision on his number one. And, you know, they're saying that defences need stability and, and, and not that constant change. Can you see their point or is it just nonsense at this stage of the season? And, you know, cause don't forget, we still don't know what Gunn's situation is yet. No, I mean, it's a difficult situation as a manager where you've got, um, well, potentially three first choice uh, keepers. I mean, throughout his Ralph's career, it seems that that's what we've had. Um, yeah, one's out on the loan and two uh, in the team and fit and able to, to play. So his rotation, I mean, until the end of the season, I think it makes sense. It's fine. I'm not that bothered about it. I know no. a lot of Saints fans are. And I know the pundits are going to town on it. But at this stage of the season, no, I'm not bothered. No, I mean, maybe he'll do the same in pre-season. If he does it for the whole of next season, I think that's going to be very strange. I don't think he will. I don't think he can, no. but they need to have that conversation with them, don't they? They need to know their roles and the defence need to know it as well. But having said that, if they're playing regularly all the time, then the defence would be a little bit more happy to, to see both of them. It shouldn't matter. I mean, the strike partnership can change from week to week and nobody really minds. So. That's true. That's very true. Um, I know Scott Parker said before the game that Fulham needed to show some pride <coughs> despite the, you know, the relegation and stuff, but I think they gave them the opposite. I thought they were very poor. They were wide open. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it's their lack of effort or just the you know lack of caring or, or either way you know we had we had a job to do and we did it. Um, yeah, yeah, full of shit. They certainly were yesterday. They? Yeah, they they were just yeah just so wide open. Chay Adams opened the scoring after 27 minutes with his second goal of the week. Yeah, from the magic boots of James Ward-Prowse again, ninth goal of the season. Good stuff. Good to see Shea playing well just before the Euros. Yeah, yeah, nine goals. Yeah, that's that's, that's getting to be quite a lot. Well, well considering then. like the end of last season, he ain't scored one. His first one was against Man City, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, and he scored well, how many? Four or five at the end of the season. Yeah, five, and then he's banged in nine this season. So yeah, it's a good return. And you know they've rotated the the forward lines quite a bit. So yeah, it's another Prousey free kick to start it off. But despite the lead, I mean, you always felt that we needed another one, as bad as they were. And we needed it soon because I didn't want any nerves, you know, and it it took a while, though. Um, 
No, no. I mean, Minamino had a chance early on. They were cleared off the line. But I mean, throughout that first half, like, we were clearly the better team. And it's the same against the Palace. I mean, they, there was but, a, yeah, that blip. But with um, the Palace the one, I I sensed that it was fine. I wasn't. I was fine. I was happy with it. I just felt like if we didn't score soon against Fulham, then we'd regret it. I just, I don't know what it was. I mean, even at that point, I couldn't even see Fulham scoring. Of course, they mm-hmm. did, but. We had the chances. We had more chances in this Fulham one than we did in the Palace one. You know, Prowse had a free kick, didn't he, which was struck well enough from, from close range. I mean, there was a point when Ings rounded Areola as well. And, yeah, I just I just didn't want this to bite us in the ass because I could see a scenario where it was going to be 1-1. Mm, no, no. I mean, we were clearly going to win it. I just... Um, it's disappointing, isn't it, that we just concede the goal and we can't, we can't keep, keep a clean sheet. Oh, it's very disappointing. And, and again, when we conceded the goal, we were 2 0 up, and it was, oh, we don't deserve this. We could completely do a U turn now, and they can get, we could just let them get into it. It's just, I don't know. When I'm playing against the top teams, I, I just know that Saints are going to get beat. That's the way, that's my mindset. When I'm playing against teams like Palace and, and, you know, teams that are in and around you in the league, like Villa, Wolves, always a banana skin. I hate those sort of games. Play against these lower teams that are already relegated, and I feel so nervous that we should be doing better than what we are. So I'm never, I'm yeah. never settled. Then we 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 played a really drab draw with uh, Huddersfield, who had already been relegated a couple of seasons back. I remember that it well. Yeah, last... yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, luckily it didn't turn out to be one of those. No. And then, well, Ings come off, and he didn't look best pleased with it, did he? He didn't look like he was happy to to come off, but. Teller comes on and within 98 seconds he gets his goal and that smile are oh, beaming and could just see how much it meant to him just brilliant and I love it when some when people score their first goal and it you can see that it means that much and it has to be said that Kyle Walker Peters cross yeah stuck on a plate for him couldn't miss but, but yes yeah, yeah yeah just beautiful the way it sort of rolled uh, across the box and that sort of curve um, and it was there on a the plate for Teller, but this time he does put it away. And um, yeah, I get the celebration, just just uh, marvellous. And I love, I love how he goes up to uh, Theo Walcott first, and Theo is like really, really pleased for it. You love it. It's things that you love to see. It's definitely going to be a highlight highlight of my season. One of the, not the, obviously one of the highlights to see his, his goal and his smile. It's, it's definitely, um, yeah, it's brilliant. It's good to see. Um, and then Fulham, you know, they got their goal against the run of play, but a really good goal, actually. Fabio Carvalho on his debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened? Did we switch off? Because it didn't look like coming, did it? And then it's, you know, it's difficult to defend defend against like you know one like a shot like that from range. It's absolutely screaming. It was a good finish. He's 18 as well, so yeah. And that you know a bit of satisfaction on Parker's face because it looked like he was getting a lot of heat for selecting him, but he made the right decision. Well, why? I mean. If, well, I think they're saying that because they're relegated and he's just not showing any will or desire to pick a full strength team. It's just like, what's the point? So he's play, picking players that aren't going to normally get in. I mean, put it this way, if they'd have needed a win to stay up, do you think he would have played him? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what he's seen in, in training. Well, he said that he's only been with them about three weeks and he's um he's, he has made his way into the team on merit, not just because of the situation that they're in. It could be a special plan. Possibly. And he's actually English. He's um, representing England under 18s. Oh, right. Born in Portugal, but um, but yeah, he's, he's playing for England under 18s. That's interesting. Very, very, yeah. Want to watch? Yeah, could be. Um, in the championship. <laughs> Slap him up. Sign him up. 
sign him up. Theo sealed it with 10 minutes to spare. This was a lovely, lovely goal. It was very well worked. Lovely. So, I mean, OK, I know it was against Fulham and we were able to open him up, but the flowing pass and the movement, Teller with the primary assist as well from the back hill, and Theo finishes it with a, just a deflection. But, yeah, my favourite goal of the week. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's a little cheeky back heel as well. The confidence to pull that off. I think, you know, he must be... Um, still on a roll after that goal. And we have Walcott actually scoring. Yep. Not Skynet. Yep. <laughs> well, it needed needed some help. It took a deflection. but a little deflection, yeah. <laughs> um, Teller was fantastic, Kev. You know, the goal, the assist. He was only on for half an hour as well, wasn't he? So, but it's the desire, Kev, more than anything. From 3-1 up, the desire to keep winning that ball back. Because he could have had another one towards the end. Do you remember he was, um, he was chasing a lost cause down the side of the pitch? And uh, I can't remember the player escapes me, but he took the ball off of him and ran it, ran it at net and almost had a, had a second. But Armstrong, again, was great in the middle. He was just he was the, the architect playing the strings, really. Just whenever he had the ball, he ran. Just create whoever he even if he didn't have the ball, he was running with it, opening up space and cutting them open when he did have the ball. So, yeah, amazing. And we, we've moved up to 13th now at, at, at the time of recording. And that's, you know, six points left to play for. So it could be anything. But um. Man of the match, Kev, or anything else to add on this match, Matt? Oh, fucking hell. Uh, lots of very good performances. You talked about Armstrong there in the centre, and you do fear that you know we're missing out on some of this more um, attacking flair when he's played in centre mid. I mean, like he did up in Scotland. But uh, yeah, I think he's good. It's time to get um, a good, reliable partnership with Ward Prowse. And uh, yeah, once Romeo's back. Uh, I think it's difficult, you know, to move him back out onto the wing and uh, have Romeo and Ward Prowse there. You still got Diallo to think about as well, his development. Uh, exactly, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe Ralph could start, you know, varying his tactics depending on the opposition. But, <laughs> Don't be um, stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all one to slag off Minamino. I think he's been a flop. Uh, he actually wasn't that bad against Fulham, uh, to give him credit. Uh, it's a, this is an even tougher one than, than the Palace one because you've got um, Adams, who's brilliant. Um, Ings was off the boil. Uh, Prousey, fantastic as ever, orchestrating the midfield. <sighs> God, I think it's going to have to be Nathan Teller, just the you know fairy tale of getting his first goal within seconds of being on the pitch. 98 seconds, yeah. Um, I'm giving it to Teller as well, for the same reasons. I just loved yeah. it. And his desire goal from being 3-1, that, yeah. that got it for me. Yeah, goal and assist, and just the effort, work rate from, from being 3-1 and chasing down lost causes. It is the Southampton way, isn't it? And Well, it's Ralph's way. This is. Um, just excellent. And I really hope he plays both remaining games. Yeah. Would you start him against Leeds? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. At the moment, he's a, he's ahead of um, Minamino and uh, Redmond for me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean you, you could uh, you could play Redmond up with either Ings or Adams and, uh, you know, still have Teller there on the wing. But I think that's going to have to be the way that we set up with uh, Teller, Ings, Adams. Minamino, if he's contractually obliged to play there, um, otherwise I you know shove on Gineppo or Walcott. Yeah, I agree. Okay, yeah, so Teller gets it from from both of us, rightly so, even though he only played half an hour. But yes, Kevin, next week we go to Leeds and West Ham, and we will now bring in Tim to tell us 
about both opponents. So let's go to Tim. Nathan Teller and Tim's going to tell us about <laughs> about our upcoming game against Leeds. Yeah. This is Klaus Lundekvam, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay, we'd like to welcome back Tim Bazant. Tim, how are you this week? You know, things have been pretty good so far. i got to admit, it's been crazy over here in the States. Uh, CDC's just doing what they feel like and throwing suggestions out left and right, but it's fun. Oh, I have some news I forgot to tell you about, Kev and Tim. Oh, yeah. yeah, you sound really, really thrilled. Um, I've got my vaccine booked. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm currently in that age bracket now. I don't know if that's good or not, but yeah, it's um, it's dropped low enough for me to actually uh, have my vaccine. So next Saturday, I'm going to be stabbed. All right. That's fantastic. Um, I'd, yeah, maybe not make big plans for Sunday. <laughs> the second one is worse than the first one. Yeah, I ain't going to worry about the second one just yet. But but yeah, it's good news anyway. But uh, Tim, yeah, anyway, back to you. Just bought a couch. You know, so I'm adulting there. I paid my car insurance. And yeah, so you're you just start racking up the bills left and right. And I'm like, damn it. I thought I was going to save this month, but it guess not. sucks being an adult, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. But anyway, uh, six wins from two games, two, three ones. Back to back wins. Six wins in two games. That's yeah. That. Six, six points six from two points games. Six points in two games. <laughs> <laughs> Six wins in two games. That's really impressive. Um, so yeah, it was all it's all good. Back to back wins for the first time since December. Um, happy days, as they say. Um, but next we have Leeds on Tuesday, the 18th of May, a 6 p.m. kickoff. That is once again live on Sky Sports, and there are fans in attendance. Let's make it three wins in a row. Let's give the fans something to cheer about. And Tim is going to tell us why we're going to do this, aren't you, Tim? Absolutely. (laughs) And I will start before you kick in. Leeds looked fucking dangerous against Burnley at Turf Moor, didn't they, last week? Oh, they were disgusting. I watched the game on purpose Mm. since I knew I was going to have to write about them today. And it was just phenomenal how well they played against them. Although Burnley has kind of just felt like they... They've survived, so they probably maybe just kicked it in and said screw it for the rest of the year. So, although that for nothing and Bielsa will not let them relent whatsoever. So that's the scary part of it all, is that sometimes they can crash and burn, but in this case, when they go, when they when they succeed, they succeed really, really well. Um, so they've on, been doing pretty well. Uh, in fact, the last two games that they beat Burnley 4-0, and then they beat Spurs 3-1. Before that, though, they've had some kind of hi- some hiccups along the way. Um, but at least in the last two, they've been kicking it really hard in there. So that's good for them. Currently, they're in tenth place, which is absolutely fantastic for a newly promoted team. As we saw, as we see, Fulham and West Brom are now relegated, along with Sheffield United. Um, but they are currently sitting at 53. So last year we finished with 52 points. So for them to be at 53 with two more to play, uh, congrats to them. Uh, obviously they they're they're doing well and succeeding, and uh, their high octane offense and their their relentless press that they have, which is even more than what we have. They've been fantastic uh, to watch, haven't they? All season uh, goals and stuff. But yeah, welcome addition to the league. And I'm pleased actually that we get to see more of Bielsa and Rafinha because he looks like a real handful, doesn't he? 
Absolutely. And I think I think to their to their benefit that they're playing less games because they would play normally more in the 24 in the championship versus uh, uh, 20 teams here. So that's that's a few less games that they have for their own benefit because of their relentless press. Um, It's just by that point in time, they can be really tired. So I think they have as long as Bielsa stays there for a little while. They're going to succeed. They're going to be right around where they're currently at in 10th place, and that's a, a reasonable expectation for them to be there next year too as long as he comes back, which it looks like he's going to be there. So uh, their top goal scorer is Patrick Bamford with 15. Uh, but do you guys know who their next two are tied on eight goals? Um, ooh, uh, Jack Harrison. That is one. Um, I'm not looking, by the way. Um Dallas. Stuart Dallas is number two, which is crazy to think about because Dallas just plays all over the pitch. If you've ever seen him before, he plays anywhere from that. Oh, he's in my fantasy football team, Tim. That's the only reason I know that. (laughs) He lines up as defender, but he, 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 he gets thrown in the midfield and their unique formation is it's like a it's a it's often seen or maybe on at least on NBC Sports it's it's a four one four one, but more than likely it ends up being in the attack as a three 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 one. So Dallas steps up into that second group of three, which allows him for that you know with his continual press and you know just all over and all around ability to succeed. Um, that's where he's getting eight goals and he's just following up and uh, making the runs in right after. Uh, the attackers be able to he- head into the, the the front three, then go in. Uh, it's great. It's great for them to see him succeed because if you're if you're <laughs> like Kev, you've got him as a defender, but he actually plays more as a midfielder. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's why, why he's been succeeding. That's why he's in my so team. Well. He's the only player I've had since the beginning of the yeah, season because I, I took and he's so a penalty seriously. taker as well. Yeah, I looked into like um yeah. Uh, from the newly promoted side, who plays out of position, who gets more goals and assists, and yeah, Dallas was just top of everything. I was like, right, nailed on. But you still didn't beat me in the fantasy football. Uh, yeah, I think that that ship has sailed. We'll come back to that later, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last time we played against them, uh, that was yeah, a terrible that. game. <laughs> the only the only highlight from that game, though, was that a beautiful Romeo tackle. Oh, I remember yes. seeing him came, yeah, the came back all yeah. the way. It was one of the tackles of the season, and if anybody wants to say that wasn't it, then although Stevens did have a great one here this, yeah. this past one against Fulham, that's true. Uh, so those those two last ditch tackles, those are pretty, fa- those are fantastic. And if I remember correctly, that's when Romeo got hurt, right? Uh, yeah. Is is that is that game later on in that game? Yeah, yes, the, the pitch looked like the fucking song. So yeah. <laughs> Divots and crevices and blown out. Well, they'll, <laughs> blown be, playing, out they'll be playing on that, that smooth, silky carpet on Tuesday night, so that's not going to be an issue. <laughs> there we go. All right. So they have no injuries to report, though. Um, but looking looking through this. It depends uh, if let, they're training on their pitch in the week. Yeah. So no injuries or suspensions we're looking at. But uh, how they'll look, how they're going to line up here. But first, I think their danger man is going to be, it's got to be Rafinha again. I know Dallas has been really good and been all over the place, but Rafinha is just that character with flair. Uh, he can press going forward. He, he's just got that, he's just got that it factor. And we saw that last game against when we played against him in the last few games. He's just, 
he's got oozing, he's oozing talent all over the place, which is uh, which is great for him and a great signing, even more so than Rodrigo has been for them, uh, who was there almost today. Yeah, a $30 million signing, though. So Rodrigo's sitting on six goals, and Rafinha is sitting on six goals as well. Uh, yeah, so he's sitting on six goals as well. They're both sitting on six Rafinha goals. Rafinha leads so. assists tonight, I, I believe. Yeah, he's got eight assists versus one for Rodrigo. So all in all, seeing that, Rodrigo's already 30 years old now, whereas Rafinha is only 24 so the sky's the limit for him. All right. So how they're going to look in the lineup is let's go with that 3-3-3-1 formation. Meslier has been great for a really young, fantastic goalkeeper. And he's putting at bay the Kiko Casilla, who's kind of a jerk. So good for him <laughs> on both accounts that we're rooting for him. Uh, in the back, so in that three is Struck, Lorente, and Ailing uh, sitting on the right. In the midfield three, uh, Alioski, Calvin Phillips sitting as that pivot in that six roll, and then Dallas on the wing, or on the right side, that is. Although he can play literally anywhere, so if you ever look at him, his heat map is it's just everywhere, all over the pitch. Uh, next front three is Jack Harrison, Click, and Rafinha. Technically, Harrison has been on loan there for three mm. years now. Yeah. But they're finally going to be able to sign him this year. They're gonna. They have a. They have a. It's a requirement to buy after this year. So, Jack Harrison will be back in a Leeds uniform next year. And the last but not least is Bamford, who's unironically having a push for a Euro spot in the forward position. Um, Fifteen goals. <laughs> no, unironically, because I mean Patrick Bamford was a meme for a long time there, mm. and has been. Uh, bounced around all over the place. I mean, I remember when he was playing at Crystal Palace way back when. I'd still take Danny Ings over him, and I'm not being biased. Danny Ings has uh, just got I, to offer more. I think Ings does offer more in terms of pace. Bamford is, if you want, if you're looking at that Bamford type, I would take Calvert Lewin over over. Oh, Bamford. definitely. I think Calvert Lewin's already there. Yeah, I would take DCL. Mm. I think DCL is just a better Bamford. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so we got to watch out for Rafinha, but how are we looking to set up uh, in the rotations? McCarthy is coming up here, and we're going with our normal back four. But Narek will come back in unless uh, he is still injured, in which then Salisu will start. Although Salisu did swing out to the left side, and I saw that last game against Fulham. Mm. I'm pretty sure that the, he won the way he wanted Stevens back at center back. Uh, because he wa- he wanted to make sure that there weren't two left-sided center backs and then a right-sided left back. Uh, so he pushed Lisu out wide, who had an once again had an absolutely fantastic game. He didn't push up nearly as much as Kyle Walker-Peter does, so he kind of slots in more of a three and slides into that left center back role, but at pressure high, uh, he's just been doing really well. Uh, great for him to get experience and happy to see that at least our three major signings this year, Walker Peters, Diallo, and Salisu, have had some sort of success. And obviously Walker Peters has been a great success. Salisu looks pretty damn good. And then Diallo looks like a one for the potentially one for the future. So uh, going through all of those. Um, Armstrong and Ward Prowse will start in the back. I believe that Minamino is required to start based on the, the description of the loan deal with Liverpool. I really do. I think he'll this will be his last game he'll start, but I think he'll start again. 
Uh, and then I literally just put a question mark because you can throw in uh, a range of Walcott, Tella, Gineppo, which hasn't started in a while. Um, no, I think Kev brought up to the point that, you know, he's been um, fasting for Ramadan. So he's been left out more so because of that. Possibly. So, but seeing that, it'll probably be Redmond then on the outside just because he, he's a team play. I mean, I think he he does everything what the coaches ask for. He just doesn't do it well enough for what the expectations of the fans are. I think that's I think that's just purely what's it, what it is. His positioning is all right. He just needs to be better at finishing, passing, uh, football, you know, settling down, <laughs> football. Yeah, he just needs to be better at the at the game. But he does everything what the coach has for. Uh, and then Adams and Ings up top. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be our traditional or normal four two 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 formation. Okay. Uh, predictions then. Who's up first here, Kev? Because I'm, I'm very, very aware that the season's coming to an end and all these points are to play for. I think Tim should go first because I don't think you can win this predictions now. So, Tim, Leeds. Uh, I, w- I want it to, you know what? I want it to be the game that we all were hoping for when we saw it in January, and that's a 3-3 just barn burner of a game. I'm going with 3-3. I'm going to be bold here. Okay. Do you know what? That's not far off from what I'm going for. I think it's going to have a lot of goals. Um, I'll take a draw, to be honest. But I, I think, yeah, I think there's goal. they've got goals aplenty, haven't they? And uh, the fans going to give the players that boost. At some point, you think that boost is going to wear off, probably second half, like it usually does. But um, I can see lots of goals, and I'm going to say it's going to be 2-3 leads. Kevin. OK, I'm also going for a lot of goals, uh, predictably. I'm going to shave uh, a goal off of your prediction and say that it's going to be a Desmond. OK, nice. 2-2. Two, two. The London Stadium in London. Yeah. OK, then, chaps. Uh, last game of the season. Sunday, the 23rd of May, 4pm kickoff at the London Stadium, where we play West Ham. Uh, Tim, West Ham, another team that's been very, very impressive under Moyes. Um, yeah, they've been they've been a handful pushing up for that uh, for the European spots. Um, a surprise package, Tim. They are the absolute surprise of the season. And if we look back on it and thought, you know, what position where everybody would be in? I mean, I would have clearly had West Ham at the bottom towards the bottom of the table. I probably would have had it in like 13th or 14th where we were at. And I would have hoping where we, you know, where they're sitting at is where we would be at. Uh, so the expectations going in, if we remember West Ham where the, the fans were the least excited for the upcoming season, where we were the most excited. Well, that that should flip flop real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. So West Ham, they are sitting, like I said, the surprise of the season sitting on 59 points. Uh, their last two games, though, have been kind of four, um, but they've only, and they've only taken four points of their last f- uh, 15, 15 in the last five games. Uh, so they tied Brighton 1-1 and looked pretty lethargic throughout the rest of, through the entire game. Their only win in the last five was against Burnley, which I think everybody is just taking pot shots at Burnley now since they don't care, since they're already, they're already up. Um, going through that, though, we tied them 0-0. It had a draw back on December 29th. And if you two remember that game, yeah, I I'm do. surprised because I do not remember I that remember game. I had it. to go back and I had to go back and look for it because I'm like, wait, this game was not memorable to me whatsoever. This, that's the one that I forgot happened when we yeah. were in the podcast. 
You did, yeah. It was one of the, it was a busy, busy week though, wasn't it? Because we had Christmas, we had Fulham, we had West Ham. It was right then around our hundredth episode as well, so I was really, really busy with it, and it was kind of one of those games that I could have done without beforehand and after, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, we had two draws in a row. I mean, zeros, two, two zero nils, yeah. Draws. That's yeah. right. So seeing it, I went through and watched the highlights, and man, that stunk of a game. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> well, still stinking now. Yeah. All right. So another another quick question for you guys. Top scorer on their team. There are three sitting at nine and one that are at eight. What are you? Who do you think is? Uh, who do you think are the nine and who do you think is the eight? Or wait, do you have any guesses? Wait. Goals. So, got goals. Top scorer. Uh, Mikel Antonio. He is sitting at nine. That's one. Uh, Jesse Lingard. He is sitting at nine. That is two. Oh, fuck. Kev? Well, I did say Lingard right at the start. But I oh, I didn't hear um, him. Um, it's not Suchek, is it? I don't think he's got that. It is Thomas Suchek. With, with th- he's, he's on nine as well. And wow. then one last guess if you want to guess the eight. Uh, the eight. <sighs> Goodness me. Um, Aaron Cresswell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's in theory, that's not a half bad guess. So, although he is. Ben, no, ben, ben Rama hasn't scored, has he? Um, no. Oh, Mushy from Brentford. Um, yeah, that is Ben Rama. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bowen. Jack it Bowen? is Jared yeah. Bowen. Nice well guess. Well done, Kev. So. I think that's the testament to to the team saying that they have four goal scorers that are at nine, nine, nine and eight, which is fantastic. I think that's fantastic as a team. While, yes, you don't have that one, you know, that one person who is fantastic. You don't have the Harry Kane. You don't have the Danny Ings. But having a depth of uh, depth of the team allows has allowed them to get to that sixth place. Sharing the goals. Yeah. Sharing the goals, Jesse Lingard has been an absolute fantastic. He's been the the signing of the January window for sure. He got player and goal of the month for April. Yeah, absolutely fantastic signing for them. I expect them to sign him going into the next season as well for something reasonable like 15 million pounds, although he will be 29 uh, going into next year. So that's something to consider, whereas Bowen is 24, Antonio is going to be closing in on 32, and Suchek is right in his prime at, he'll be just about to be 27. So uh, all in all, uh, just they're, they've been, like I said, a fantastic surprise for the league, whether or not you like them or not. And I think we all know uh, our friend uh, Matt Markstone despises West Ham. Mm. So if he's listening to this right now, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> so. That's the last game of the season. Man. Yeah. He loves him. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, looking this through, uh, we've got – uh, a traditional 4-2-3-1 formation that he has gone through. David Moyes has started uh, for the last many, many, many games. So although seeing it's the last game of the season, I'm going to be curious to know if he wants to rotate anybody at all throughout it. That'll be curious to me. I'm going to see. I, I don't think he will because they will still have an outside chance, although they are sitting in six, which means they're sitting in the Europa qu- uh, qualifying spot. But Tottenham, if they win today, will overtake them, and I expect West Ham to flop and finish seventh or eighth going Tottenham into the Tottenham are winning, by the way. Yes, they are. They're up yeah, one zero. Cool, yeah. So I think that they're going to still want to push. They're still going to want to play and play their best guys. But 
Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to do it um, to be able to get up because Tottenham will just win the last two and skate in. And, uh, and that's, a, that's just what, that's all it'll be. So I don't know exactly, but you know, whether or not they play the loanies, my expect expectations that, that they are, that they will. So Craig Dawson, out of all the people on West Ham though, he's another signing who's been really good for them. And he's on loan from Wadford at the moment. So everyone was laughing at that loan deal a while back and seeing how well he's in decent. He's played in the, in the system for him uh, and for Moyes. So that's, that's great. Um, I mean, more power to him, but he's 30, you know, he's 31 and we'll see if he wants to sign on a permanent deal for them. Also with Watford coming up next year. Good questions to ask. Mm. Uh, We've got Fabianski in the back. Uh, Cresswell, Ogbonna, and then if they choose to play Dawson, they would play Dawson. Otherwise, it would be Issa Diop, and then Vladimir Kufal. They're fantastic defensive midfield pairings, uh, Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek. Uh, that is pretty damn good lineup right there, those two. Uh, looking ahead, you've got... Uh, do you know what? I'm going to say something really, really controversial here. I think Declan Rice is overrated. Boom. I don't like him. just don't think he's that good, and I don't like Jordan Henderson either, so... England's central midfield that they talk about, I'm, I'm not fussed with it, not at all. How, Calvin is, Phillips, then? I love Calvin Phillips. I think he's brilliant. I think he's, I think he's better than Declan Rice. Um, yeah, I, I, Phil Foden, amazing. I know he's a different, different player. Um, Mason Mount, amazing. But I am not sold on Declan Rice at all. In true, in terms of the true sixes, I think you're, you're right. How Declan Rice could be is overrated. I think Suchek is, you know. Pretty much close to, if not on par with Rice at that point. I think Calvin Phillips is really good, but I still think the one-two punch of Declan Rice and Suchek is really, really good. Does job. Now, yeah. Kev, what do you think of Declan Rice? I think he's a turncoat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking you a question ever again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So continuing on, their their midfield three. Uh, the uh, Pablo Fonals, Jesse Lingard, and then Jared Bowen. Ben Rama has not played very much, surprisingly, throughout the entire year. Um, don't know why, but it's probably because just the way the lineups and everything is set up, and maybe Fornals is just kicking it in gear and doing better than uh, Ben Rama, who can, who's trying to break through but hasn't been able to. And then Mikel Antonio will play up top. So uh, what is the danger man here? Well, Obviously, everyone's going to be Narek. focused. Yeah, <laughs> people are going to be focused on Lingard and whether or not he's going to he's going to expose us. It's going to be Jared Bowen. Uh, I really do think he is a good player. I think he's going to be very uh, very hard to play against when it comes to. Um, I think he'll be able to sit and get right behind Walker Peters and be able to make that counter. Uh, and I think that'll be the danger man for wow. the game. Okay. And how are we going to set up? So, you know, our the key battle then is going to see how if it's uh, if it's Bed, if it's Bednarik or if it's Stevens or Vestigard against those three. I think Antonio is is obviously a muscle guy, but I have full faith in Vestigard to be able to take him out. Yeah. Uh, all, but I think I'm curious to see how we set up. I feel that because we'll have a midweek game, I think there's going to be a little bit of rotation. And I think we're going to start some, but not others. I think, I think you're right, is... yeah. I think Ralph's going to look at the team and think, you know what, everyone's fucked, they deserve a break. I'm going to start myself. 
Is he going to experiment with some of the, you know, more fringe players that we see on the benches? I don't know. I don't know. But then again, it depends. It depends on how other results go, because the higher up the table we finish, the more Wonga. That's got to be a factor. You can't go above um, Leeds. No, we can't go above Leeds, but Uh, we can still go above Palace. Uh, we are above Palace. We no, because Palace just won. Ah, right, okay. So it depends on how, well, the, how the other results go as well, doesn't it? But, I mean, you know, if we win and the others lose or the, the other way around, you know, there could be a, a six, you know, not six point difference, but, you know, winning or losing sure, yeah. could make no difference whatsoever. Yeah, hopefully that is the case. Then we get to see people like the Lindelou and, and Jankovic. Jankovic and Ferry and, and um, Fuck it, but Angus Gunning goal. Yeah, is he back in the setup? I thought he was injured. No, he's injured. Still, stick him on. <laughs> yeah, go on, play through it. Sit Man. in your bed. <laughs> Man up, <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, predictions then? I think Kev's got to go first here. All right, I'm going to go with the continuation of our previous form against playing West Ham tail end of the season. I think Ralph is going to experiment, and uh, if he's not, then the players are going to be on the beach already, and uh, we're going to get knobbed 3-0. 3-0? Oh, wow. Yeah. You have just handed me the predictions title. You think? Yeah, I'm going 1-0 West Ham. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take all five points. Um, and Tim, what about you? 1-1. I think West Ham is kind of skating it into. They'll recognize that um, they'll lose again. Tottenham will win again. Maybe even Everton might uh, skate another few uh, win here because they're coming up against Sheffield United, which will be easy. And then Wolves as well. Uh, so they may have a good chance for two wins. Uh, so <clears throat> West Ham's going to shit the bed, and but we're going to we're going to tie them. We're going to be a draw. Okay. It's going to be one one. Okay, right. Uh, y fours then. Uh, I forgot to mention it for the Leeds one, but Gem's going one uh, one for Leeds. Um, and Marina and Abby. Marina's going two nil Saints. What? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's only been watching us when we've been winning. Maybe. And Abby's going to go... 2-2. Uh, 2-2 with Leeds. And then West Ham. Jem is ending the season as she started. 0-0. Uh, Marina is going... Um, I may have forgotten, but I'm pretty sure she said one or draw. Okay. I'll put that anyway. And uh, Abby? All right. Same thing. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Okay. <coughs> right then, chaps. Sorry, then. Uh, we'll go into extra time. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia. Thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, right. Extra time predictions. The all-important predictions at this stage. Uh, Palace all went with draws, so points stay the same. Or they stayed the same, rather. Me on 47, Kevin on 45, and Tim on 33. Uh, Fulham, Tim took the draw. Me and Kev went for Saints wins. I went 1-0, you went 2-0. So two points for me and Kev. So that left the scores. Well, that leaves the scores. Me on 49, Kevin on 47, and Tim on 33. Wife Wars then. For Palace, Gem went for a draw. Marina and Abby picked Saints. So that left Gemma on 30, Marina on 27, Abby on 34. So she's got a four-point lead after Palace. And then on to Fulham, Gemma again went a draw. Marina and Abby went Saints wins. So that leaves the scores now Gemma on 30 Marina on 29 and Abby on 36 so she's got a six point lead Tim with two games to play it's take something special isn't it it is unless it's 1-1 and 0-0 I don't think Gemma's going to win this but yeah Abby's killing it now she's 
taken it at the right time, hasn't she? That's what she said. <laughs> uh, Super Six, then. Uh, so round 55 was one. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, was won by Giorgio Spagagna, yeah, uh, on 10, as well as Colin Carter again, uh, two weeks in a row, uh, on 10 points. Uh, Dan Buck on nine, close there. Um, leaving the overall lead, Jason Lewis still holds a one-point lead over Tom Hennigan. I don't know if that's been updated, but I will we'll check back with that in the week. Uh, Fantasy Football, Kev, how did I do last week? How did you do last week? And how did Tim do last week? And how did Alex do last week? How did we all do last week? Okay, that would have made it a lot quicker, wouldn't it? <laughs> just asked that last question. Um, I'll start with me, because you're, you know, you're gagging to find out how I did in Fantasy Football. Um, I was just one point short of uh, getting a ton, like 99 points. 99 points. I couldn't afford Fernandez, and I was convinced that he was going to be rotated. And uh, yeah, I was wrong. Uh, but yeah, I'm more or less happy. Although um, Watkins got sent off, yeah. and so I did dunk. And my team was thin enough as it was uh, for this week. Um, so yeah, not only did I leave Dallas and Saka on the bench for that uh, double triple game week. Uh, this week now, uh, my squad is so thin uh, because I I uh, did my transfers before uh, Dunk and uh, oh, no. Watkins get sent got sent off. Oh dear! So yeah, I've got players who are not playing. So I only got ten men this week. Um, How did um Freddie do last week? Because he used a bench boost. Oh yeah, Freddie absolutely. Yeah. And he he used uh, Um, Bruno Fernandes as his captain. He got him 34 points alone. Yeah, yeah, bench. You got Dallas on the bench, Chris Wood on the bench, Jack Harrison on the bench. So, yeah. Fucking hell, Freddie. You picked that well. Martinez in goal as well. What a team. It's outstanding, yeah. Uh, uh, Your team wasn't far off, though, right? Uh, From me, at least. uh, 95 points. Oh, Uh, that does surprise me. Yeah, Calvert-Lewin captain instead of Fernandes. That's a decision that... uh, and then you scored less, uh, but still strong end of the season, and there's no way I can catch you. Uh, That's what we like to hear. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tim Hoots did fuck a goat. Uh, <laughs> he got 68 points. Very well. You captain yeah. Watkins, though. <laughs> yeah, and I had and Wandasaka, Shaw, and Fernandez. And Havertz and Inyasho. Wow. Wait, no, it just appearing as all zeros here. Yeah, no, you, you, your no, defense, no. your defense got zeros. Shaw, Wambasaka, Target, and Martinez. What Wambasaka and Target got eight points each, and Martinez got twelve. Yeah, I know. It's just coming up here as, as zeros. But, yeah, yeah the, the, if you're looking on the mobile app, it can't handle a triple game week. It wasn't no, designed. But I, I, uh, prefer, I prefer my one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all the zeros. Um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, good to, you had Bamford and Dallas on the bench, you could have done some damage. Uh, but yeah, uh, we, we, I, th- I don't think I can catch you though, Tim, despite uh, uh, my effort last week. Well, this uh, week's gonna this week's gonna suck for me. It's got it's got to seriously suck, and they've all got to be sent off for you to uh, <laughs> finish below me in the table. And we were looking for Alex. I think he's below me. I said below me. Oh, yeah, he's just below me as well. Um, <laughs> Did he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I told you I had a good week. <laughs> he got 107 points, the bastard. Oh, wow. Harson Hootel, yeah. Oh, that's a good backline. Dinier, Coleman, that's Phil Guetta. Mm. 
uh, yeah, Ian Atcher captained as well. Fernandez, yeah. So good hope, good hope. Well done, Alex. Yeah, good work. Um, guess who's top of the league? Uh, Lucy Hynek. Next, guess who's second? Uh, Bobby Brown. And third? Dan Buck. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's been like it pretty much all year. Okay. Uh, Russian phrase, Kevin? Yes. Tim's gone now. <laughs> I'm <What>? here. <laughs> he's just hung up. He's, he's off. I'm here. Yeah, I know. Tim, we just hear a car starting. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Russian phrase this week is Udacha ulibnulas. Udacha ulibnulas. Udacha ulibnulas. Okay, really good. So, um, yes, what that means, uh, fortune smiled. Upon us. Perfect. That's cool. Uh, that leaves us with just two games left to play. Um, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton. Let me get it out. Pull that off. Especially because we came from behind. Oh, you're gonna, am I going to have to get the tissues? It's things that you love to see. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.